Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on back to Wrecked After Dark. I'm Brian the Broken, and of course, we're joined by Sable and Jamie. Once again, Darth Ted is at work. Um, he's been working 12 to 13 hour weeks, so pour one out for him. Rip. How are you doing, guys? It. Doing good, man. Got a uh, little sidetracked, cooking, looked at the clock and it was 6.30, had to hustle to get in here on time, but we did it. I feel that. I got a little bit distracted and uh, we had other dinner plans in mind, but ended up opting for veggie burgers, which take about hey. five minutes. And uh, yeah, but um, what about you, Jimmy? What was on? Yeah, the I, got pretty, I got pretty distracted playing League of Legends all day. Um, <laughs> I saw that. I, I, I wanted to nice. like, tune in. I meant to, to message you. Um, how the games go? Uh, pretty, pretty well. Been feeling it lately. Nice. This week. Good. So, what happened in your weeks? Anything interesting? I, for one, am super pumped because finally, for the first time in my life, I have caught all of the Pokemon in one of the Pokedexes. So I caught all 400 Pokemon in the Sword Shield Pokedex, the like oh, yeah. pre-expansion. So that was a that was a big nut for me. That was honestly what my most of my week was was kind of work and then catching Pokemon. So super rect league related. <laughs> That's massive. Yeah, it was this week kind of oh, flew, yeah. flew by for me, honestly. Pretty fast week. Nothing really going on. And we have a bye week, so we're just kind of chilling, not really practicing a lot. That's good. Bye week blues. Bye week blues. I was yeah. supposed to look at a house today, Ooh. but it got purchased before we could even go look. Oh, shit. So that's that's the market right now. A little market speak, stonks. Nice. House stonks. Nice. How many floors was it? Are you looking for a, a two-story, four-story? Two. Two. Nice. It was a two two E close to the the water. Ooh. So really so good for flooding if you're if you're looking to have one of those like ocean yeah, basement yeah. parties. Yep. Hell yeah. Put it on stilts. I don't know if this one was on stilts, but Wet Boys Forever. Yeah. I'm just not sure how people afford houses. Like at least where I'm at right now, like everything costs like six hundred K. And there's no way, and even the shit, that's like for a thousand square feet, two bedrooms. Like it looks all right, but like, that's about all you're getting. I don't know. And then to like live anywhere close to here, it'd be like an hour out. <laughs> Anything that I could maybe afford, which I still can't. That's crazy. Gotta yeah. get out of those cities. Yeah. But the cities are fun. They're not fun during COVID times. It's like literally the worst. Like none of the restaurants <laughs> even have like areas for patios and stuff. They just like have to kind of like have two tables on the sidewalk. So you're really lucky if you can yeah. even like sit there, but you know, that's all right. Say, well, you just bought a house, right? No, we were looking, but, uh, they, someone countered our offer. So we just were like, man, we stuck with our original offer and we got bought out, but you know, pretty fine with that. Honestly, that's fine. That's a lot of responsibility growing up yeah. too fast. Save, saving up now. Oh yeah. Well, cool. So this week on wrecked after dark, we got ourselves an amazing show we're going to be talking about our match of the week. We're going to be breaking that one down. Then we have stonks. And I think most of the people that did stonks this week didn't even show up to buy. <laughs> like they were so sad from their crippling losses last week that they couldn't even show up to, uh, to the market. Um, and then we're going to be going over uh, some Dr. Phil questions and uh, kind of reminiscing about any uh, past team experiences. So why don't we just dive right into our match of the week, which is going to be ocean versus air. This is the big one. We got playoff implications, finally. Um, you can't really lose any more games at this point if you're either of these teams. Why don't you guys... Uh, what, 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 what needs to happen in order for these teams to either be uh, gated out of playoffs or make it in? So, actually, this series um, does not decide whether either team makes it in. There's a world where either of them can 2-0 and they both still have a shot at a tiebreaker. They can finish, I believe... I believe they can finish with the same record, but then I guess if the team the two owed would win the head to head. So I guess in a way, if one of the teams two owes, let me just look how many games they have left. Um, so ocean has this week, next week and the following week left. So they have the potential to win six games and finish on six and five for the season. Um, uh, seven, well, Air, seven Air, and five. Air still has their, uh, their, uh, their, to come in the last yeah, week. they still have their buy, so they only have one more week to play after this week. So they can go. The best they can go is five and seven, um, 
and the best ocean can go is seven and five. Now, if uh, if you guys won one, you'll be at two and six. Air will be at two and eight. Um, and then if they 2-0 next week against Brambleback, four and eight, and then you guys have the opportunity to you know surpass them in the standings, obviously beating Mountain and Gromp. You guys actually really, you guys both have really hard weeks coming up here. Brambleback, Gromp, and Mountain are the opponents you're facing. So, yeah. So I guess starting with kind of uh, you have the insider knowledge there on the ocean, ocean fam. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling about it? I mean, if we're gonna be diving into this, we really got to dive into the real juice and meat of this because both teams did a big roster switch up. Um, I'm gonna bring up the the teams in just a second. Go ahead. We'll wait for that though. You'll wait for that. Okay. Well, All right, well I won't. I won't wait for that. Um, uh, on on the ocean side, we. We decided to swap our two carry positions back to uh, the, the original state, I would say. Um, put Phoenix back in the mid lane, put myself back in the bot lane. Um, I was having a hard time carrying from the mid lane, and I think just both of us would feel more comfortable in these roles. We, we had a lot, of, a lot of success last season in these roles. So I think we could, we could have stuck it out and maybe uh, – see if saw if it um the ship righted itself but i think we're running out of time and i would prefer to make the playoffs so figured we'd give it a shot yeah yeah i guess if you if you guys 2-0 you actually are auto qualified for playoffs yeah because air can only match your record then and then you win the head-to-head so um it is big playoff implications for them for sure yeah but i mean on the flip side here so uh, you and phoenix swapping it between mid and uh, ad carry but then we have the whole roster flip up with Danny Taco moving to support, VZobs, VB Zobs moving up to top lane, and Colonel Paco moving to his third role this season with uh, with jungle. I think that's the first time that Paco has jungled in Rec League. Uh, Paco will have to correct me. Um, what are your thoughts on this? So Paco's actually... A pretty decent jungler. I've played against him in jungle in some in-houses and stuff. He has some pretty interesting picks. Um, I've seen him pull out the Echo jungle before. Obviously, he's known for Poppy. She can jungle. We've seen Sneezy Boy and others pull that one out. So he's already really comfortable in the champion. I wouldn't be surprised to see him pull something like that out. It looks like he ends up going for a lot of these kind of bruisery, you know, tanky engage kind of jungle picks. So I'm assuming that he's going to kind of keep that same energy that he keeps in support. Um, going for like kind of a tanky engage in the jungle. So that's what I expect to see come out of Colonel Paco in that role. But, you know, he could surprise us, could pull out like maybe like the Fiora jungle or something <laughs> like that. So No. They tried to find the one role where it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't fly. Can Fiora <laughs> jungle? I guess we'll have to try and limit test that one after Wrecked After Dark for science. But um, no, I think Paco's actually a, a really good jungler. And I yeah. think that this might actually be the most winning formula for what the team needs i actually really enjoy these switch ups granted vb zobs we don't really know um how he's going to perform in top lane we haven't seen actually no did he substitute in for mountain up there for delta i believe believe he did okay uh someone will have to fact check me on that one while i'm just kind of spewing facts off the off the off the rip but, um, yeah, I mean, that one's a bit of a question mark, but I mean, into crack variety, I think that like you're not necessarily looking to win lane super hard and I don't need someone to win lane, right? If you're on the side of air, you're just hoping that your bot lane and your mid lane really pops off. So you just kind of need to go even. And I think that top lane is one of those lanes where it's really easy to neutralize it. Um, all the players in this league have gotten really good at picking top lane matchups that kind of just go even and don't just get hard, uh, hard stomped um, in lane. Granted, we have been seeing a few more carry picks this season with some of the top lane switchups, but in general, um, top lane pool used to be either you were plat or you were like silver, and the silver players ended up playing really well and learning how to um, kind of neutralize that lane. So I'm excited to see that one, but. Yeah, I mean, Taco's played support before. I think he played on season three air, if I'm not mistaken. So this isn't um, totally unfamiliar territory for him. And yeah, yeah. he was support last season too. Um, played 14 games of Leona and Lulu combined. So um, Wait, was he see, really? Yeah, he was support last season. Um, and it looks like Droid Syndicate and Taco actually have a shared love for leona droid syndicate's most played champion this season is leona taco obviously is known for his leona so 
I expect that to be a priority pick in the bot lane for them, as both of them are probably going to be gunning for that for that specific pick down there. Hmm. I'm really excited to see Phoenix rotating into the mid lane, kind of jumping back onto the ocean side. I thought that like last season before uh, he dipped out for a bit, he was playing some of the best League of Legends he pretty much had ever played and was looking so good from the mid lane. Um, I think that it took a few seasons of playing there and like his Galio, for example, I thought had just like an insane amount of impact was dealing a lot of damage, um, which is not always the easiest thing to do with that champion. You just, sometimes you can just, if you're new to the champion, you can end up just being a good roamer and like CC bot, which is great. But at the same time, you if you're not maximizing your damage from mid lane, it has to come from somewhere. And Phoenix was doing a really good job of being able to contribute that kind of damage there from the mid lane with these picks that can be really like impactful for that ocean style, which is... Um, really about like early team plays and early aggression kind of off the back of Bash. So I'm kind of, I'm hoping that things kind of turn around for Ocean here because this is uh, yeah. what I would think is probably the best case scenario in terms of their uh, lineup. No offense to Jamu. We never saw the Aurelian soul pick. So I can't say for certain that you're not uh, a mid lane God, but um, to me, it feels like this is their chance. This is their chance to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, Phoenix, played a lot of the supporting style mid laners. You mentioned the Galio. He played a lot of the Nico too last season and oh, some like Malzahar. So, so he played, his CS was actually a lot better in the mid lane than it was in the AD carry role. Died less, uh, output actually less damage for his team, but that's, I mean, to be expected when you're in their marksman role, you tend to put out more damage. Um, but I, I think the kind of picks that Phoenix does take into the mid lane synergize really well with Bash in the jungle, kind of can set him up to make plays. He put, plays a lot of these tanky playmakers, so... I like the pivot from uh, Ocean Drake a lot. So, here's a question for you guys: What is the what? In what scenario does Ocean win this game, and what scenario does Air win? What are their win conditions? How are how do you think that the games would play out if one were to win versus another? Save lost to cough it out. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean, we haven't really seen this for on the, on the side of ocean we haven't really seen this like this team obviously in the in its current state this year uh based on our short practice and kind of referring to last year um it was it's, it, it's about getting ahead early uh, whether that be bot through bot lane aggression or just uh, vash ganks or early aggression um i think that's the kind of play style we have to get back to we kind of were trying to play a different different game with a, a different team lineup and it just it just wasn't working out so we just kind of get it got to get back to what we were doing and what was giving us success yeah i like the point you made there about vash he had it seemed like last season uh, in the jungle for vash he had a lot more impact in the early game um his pathing was a little bit better he played he played a lot of the we saw zach did a lot of damage um against infernal that was a very annoying pick i remember a matchup where it was just constantly abusing our back line um Played a few games of the Jarvan, the Olaf. So I want to see Vash back on like these early, even the Trundle, like the early picks that can impact the map in a significant way. Because we haven't seen a whole lot of that. We've seen him playing pretty well, but we haven't seen substantial leads form that actually can grab onto something for the Ocean Drake team. And I think if Vash is pathing correctly and, you know, outputting the early aggression he needs to, that's when Ocean looks the strongest. And I'm excited to see you guys try to get back to that. So do you think that that's a product of either just Vash having a bad season or that the jungle uh, pool has gotten better or this is in his meta? I, I honestly, I don't, I don't, I think we have had a handful of games where we got, we got kills to start the game off, whether it be on an invade or just an yep. early gank. And we just can't translate that into a, a, a mid to late game lead, which is, um, I, I think we addressed it with our roster swap. Um, I think I'm more comfortable in the marksman role, which is a, a role that comes online later in the game and has to rely on good positioning and good micro to deal a ton of damage. Whereas the, the mid lane role right now is kind of like a, especially in the rec league, it's kind of like a farm, farm it out on a supporty mage and just kind of be impactful in team fights and roaming and, and maybe you're not putting out a ton of damage. And this isn't true for every mid laner, obviously, but um, just for for our team, it seems to work better that way. Um, so I think I think I think I think Vash's jungle pathing is it, I think it's been fine. Yeah, his pathing has definitely been fine. Um, like you mentioned there, with the getting the early leads but not quite being able to transition it. Um, 
it's been something that you guys have struggled with. I think that something that might actually help that is the role swap you guys did for this week with Phoenix going back to mid and you going back to the 80 carry role. Like you mentioned, uh, you're a little more comfortable scaling up and being that kind of late game threat. Whereas Phoenix always been more of like a for the team utility player. And it's really hard to do the 80 carry. You kind of have to be a little bit selfish on the 80 carry role. And I don't think that really suits Phoenix's play style as much as it does him in the mid lane being more of a supportive member on your squad. So I like the swap. Yeah. And also to that point, like with high, I'm hippie. He hasn't really shown. I mean, he did play the fizz in his most recent game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. And was did and you that was against Infernal, right? Got the got the solo kill against Kazuto yes. early. So definitely has that pop up potential but um, hasn't really had those hard carry performances yet. So it's not quite like the same caliber as like saying like, all right, Phoenix is going to have to rotate into someone like Shu, Kazuto, Pickle Popper on his first week. And like, if you're going from right. AD carry back into mid lane and you have to go against maybe, I would say arguably off the top of my head, that would be maybe the top three mid laners um, currently. Then like, that's that's definitely a tall order. But like, unless we see something different, like, I need to. I want to see something more out of High M Hippie. I feel like he's still grasping for his style. And I think we saw yeah. a little bit of like glimmers of hope with the Fizz pick and what he could do on like some like assassin picks. I think he's very well known for his Diana, but that's an easy one band to just take away and kind of sleep easy at night. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this is maybe the time that we get to see Hippie just really start to pop off on like some of the picks that are his. Really just kind of carve out his niche as a mid laner and have that sell. Because we don't really have any assassin player mid laners. We don't. We, and we, actually, the, basically leaving kind of took, yeah. took took that spice away. Yeah, the majority of the champions that Hippie has played actually have been assassins. He's on the Cassidy and Fizz, Diana, the Zed. Um, he actually did really well in the Zed. Went five two and five. I ended up winning that game, but uh, for their only win. But I mean, pulling out the assassins like this into Phoenix's champion pool actually feels pretty good for Haim Hippie. You know, Phoenix tends to play a lot of these more controlly mages like we talked about, like the supporting style. So if you can shut that down, that's a champion that's not really looking to get a lot of gold for themselves as is. So if you can put them behind with an assassin pick and be able to just kill them in lane and then roam, that makes it really hard for that champion to end up impacting the map in a significant way in the timing that they want to. Is that how Air wins the game then? Is it Haim Hippie? It might be how air wins the game. I think that might be a legitimate right, right, right. for air. I think that that's, I think that's definitely one way. I think one way is Paco has great success and maybe kind of yeah. finding, finding these gangs. My, my sleeper pick for, uh, it might be a little BM, but I don't think so. Uh, this is my, my, my take is that I think that CLG worthy notes does needs to play not Lucian. Um, I think that just play a, I think his Lucian's so good. I think it's so good and it wins lane and it gets the CS and it does he all the things. Lucian. I just think that if you're playing Lucian in the AD carry role, like you just have, I don't know. It's so hard to play team fights, especially if your team falls behind. I think there are some, definitely some scenarios if, um, air had picked and like has picked in the past, if they maybe picked like a more scaling AD carry that kind of plays into those like more like mid late game fights has that more like range to kind of separate has a little bit more of that uh self peel as opposed to kind of getting face first into the fray um you can make a lot more happen um i mean like they don't get a ton of 80 carry bands thrown at them so the 80 no. carry pool is wide open granted this is clg worthy does going from being a very talented support main into 80 carry so maybe that's just the champ pool isn't quite there I was but, I'm saying he's, he's got like 500 support games this season, so. <laughs> and their and their only no. win is on the Lucian too, right? So they might be feeling comfortable taking that. He has the best, the best KD on the champion, the best CS numbers, um, and that is their only win. So that could be something they're just thinking about taking, regardless of like how it fits into. My thing is though, if you meta. can if you can right click, and obviously you can right click pretty damn well if you're playing Lucian at that level, yeah. play Caitlyn. <laughs> Fair. Like, yeah. Uh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> But or, or even like Jin, I think Jin is a great like a great champion. Granted, that has a little bit more than just right clicking, but I I'm sure that Dusty can handle it. <laughs> the dude's got hands, um, hmm. so I I don't know. I'm I would love to see some kind of pivot away from that, and maybe if Paco goes for like a tankier pick, VB Zobs goes for something tanky. Um, I guess Danny Taco will actually probably go for something tanky instead. Um, I think that they can probably just front to back team fight a lot better. And Lucian, if you're front to back team fighting with 
it's not the best. You just kind of have to. You're on. You're on a clock. It feels like compared to other uh, eighty carries. So that's a that's my analysis there. I think that the bot it definitely hinges on some of the picks from the bot lane and then jungle performance. Putting wards in the top river, maybe. For who? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. For no nothing. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's, who's to say? Who's to say? VB Zobs, don't forget. Put down your wards. Yeah, big question mark is honestly VB Zobs in this series, right? Like we haven't seen him top lane aside from that NAR game he subbed in for Mountain. And we've seen Crack Variety, you know, he got a pentakill on the Aatrox and he's been known to play some of these carry champions like Aatrox, like the Gangplank. Uh, also plays the Orn and like tankier stuff in the top lane too. But I think that like Ocean needs Crack to like to pop off in this series. I think mm. that's that's kind of, I feel they don't necessarily need him to pop off to win the game, but I feel like for like the morale of the team, Crack Variety has been having like some pretty lackluster performances the past few weeks. I think that like a pop off game from Crack Variety in like game one would go a long way to getting a two zero in the series. I think a win might help his no morale. pressure. I think that if he, I think that if he just, if, even if he played Scion and just like kind of just like and just ran, just ran, ran at people and became an unkillable tank for like forty minutes and then they won the game, I feel like that would be enough of a morale boost. It's a good idea though, Scion. You you can die and still do damage, dude. That's that's my top lane technique. Well, write the, write that one down. <laughs> yeah, you just get to run around, yell at people, tell, call them cowards, and then uh, and that's <laughs> get back here. Yep, dude, I love this. love me some mean Scion stuff. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 praying because Paco's been having some rough games too. There's been some uh, getting caught scenarios where just kind of stepping where he shouldn't be and being support. You don't have the gold. You just don't survive some of those scenarios. I think that if you're farming from the beginning as jungler, you just kind of have. It feels like you have a different mindset than playing like a support or something. You're not necessarily face checking everything. Um, you have a lot more tools at your disposal. Uh, to get vision, you're kind of paying attention to the whole map a little bit more. I think that that may be exactly what they need. I'm, I would, I imagine that Paco will not get caught more playing jungle. And I think if you just shave off a few deaths there, and like, it's that's true. That's it. That's a fact. Yeah. That's a rock fact. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah, if you shave off a few deaths, like these kind of like careless deaths here and there from like Team Air. I think then when you start getting into that mid late game, you're actually going to transition with your t the opponent what? not having an insane amount of gold. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on both sides of this matchup to uh, kind of right the ship. It'll be it'll be a fun one. Did we ever get any uh, stock graphics or no? Yeah, where'd they go? producer chat oh you put them somewhere different every time <laughs> I'm so, i picked the wrong on, the wrong of the, the 300 channels yeah that's cool <laughs> um cool so i need to upload some uh add these to the stream uh closing thoughts ocean versus air predictions let's go what do you got guys so going first i'll go first uh <laughs> i think ocean I think it's going to be a 1-1. One, one. Um, <laughs> That's hype. <laughs> spicy prediction, but, you know, I think Air's new new lineup actually looks pretty scary. Um, there's big question marks in the top lane, obviously. Uh, we already talked about the bot lane and the jungle significantly. I think Hippie needs to really perform in this game for them to be able to take a game. And I think, actually, if they if they win one game... If they win one game, they're not mathematically eliminated from playoffs. So that's like a lot of pressure on the Air Drake squad to be able to keep themselves in the running, technically. I mean, their fate won't be entirely in their hands. It's on, you know, Ocean a lot as well to not win more games after that. But I think I think it'll be in 1-1, and I think that's going to be pretty exciting as far as how the rest of the week shake out then with who gets that last spot for playoffs. Jamin? Well, that would be more exciting. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> So I'm going to go to Ocean. We're, we're going to see a lot of uh, five-man Nico ults out of Phoenix. Um, Crack's going to probably get a two pentakills more on whatever champion he decides to play. Um, it's going to be an absolute battle between uh, Dusty and myself, the, the former lane lane mates. So that's a, that's a great storyline there. That'll be a fun one. So I'll, I'll, te I'll teach him how it goes, though, on AD carry. Are you really supposed to do it? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It'll be a nice like duel of the fates. I think there's definitely like a hype video <laughs> there um, that you guys can uh, muster up. But you know, if I had to put some money on this, I mean, I put all my money on Ocean last week in the stock market. All of my money, and I was big let down. Stocks I, can't go down twice. When I put my money into air, my money went up. <laughs> uh oh. So correlation, I think so. I'm probably thinking maybe a two O air. I I honestly think that Paco Jungle is very good. Um, I've played with them numerous times with it. I think it's uh, I don't know if that. I mean I don't know. I bet I'm sure Vash can handle it, but can you handle it? That's the real question. I'm I'm sure Vash can, but are you up to the challenge, Jamu? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm in my right. I'm in my comfort zone now. That's good. Well, I was just I was just powering up these last six games. Well, Ankle weights are off. There you go. Act- in his office. <laughs> Activate your chakra. What was it the how many doors? The chakra doors, something like eight. that. All of them. Gates. All the eight gates. Thank you. All 12. right. Before I uh, embarrass my Naruto knowledge too much, we're gonna move on to stocks. <laughs> Stonks, let's go. Stonks, stonks. All right, so um, that was a rough week for the market. Market, oh, yeah. uh, we, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with the magic? Or do we just want to look at the standings and what the impact of last week was? Standings? Yeah, let's look at those standings. Um, we don't got to pull those up. This is bad. This is a bad <laughs> week in the market. Oh, my God. Did Valve just... Wait, no, is that Valve? No, crack variety. Uh, is he just at the bottom there? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, might, I might have forgot to fix the scale there. I, I was going to say, below 7, you're, you're kicking the man while he's down. Like, Oops. Not only did... Uh, oh, that's bad. Um, uh, but yeah, not a lot of upward trajectories here. We did see Darth Ted, myself, uh, Jamu taking a pretty big hit. Um, Quicksilver Sasha. I guess we can't really tell how Sasha did, but it looks like it's an improvement. Based off this you. graph, I can tell you. You can. Tell it was me. a slight improvement of about two hundred rec bucks. Hmm. Gotta, gotta get ready to invest those for uh, next week. And then Valib, uh, Valib had a huge week. Valib was big time. What did he? Uh, what did he go in on last week? Valib purchased five Gromp. No surprise there. Mm. Just, Betting on the house. Yeah, that's cool. Real, real sick Valib. <laughs> Um, Sable had a pretty rough week. Overall, just like rip the market. That was uh, that was not a good time. I think uh, a lot of people were banking on Ocean, um, and surprise, Ocean let us down. It was terrible. Yeah, big surprise. It was really bad. <laughs> we were all, we were all sad. Um, but taking a look at this week and some of the matchups, we've already talked about to death Ocean versus Air. Let's take a look at the other matches. We got Gromp versus Raptors, Brambleback versus Sentinels, Scuttlecrab versus Mountain. Um, let's go. Break it down. Brambleback is such a high winner percentage there yeah. against A lot the of 5 and 1 teams and not 5 and 1 teams playing each other. That's my a- a- analysis. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, honestly Raptors uh really pulled it out last week getting the 2-0 and they're kind of on the up and up right now. So they're kind of a wild card for me going into Gromp who we saw some of their struggles in some of their games against like a team like Sentinels, who we thought would be a pretty pretty easy match for Gromp with how dominant they've looked. But they actually like there was a pretty high kill count on both sides, and it looked like it was somewhat of a struggle for them to close the game out. So that doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence, especially coming into a Raptors team that's looking super hot right now. So I I think Raptors has a legitimate chance to win a game or two off of Gromp here. I, I think that's going to surprise a lot of people, but I don't think it should. That's spicy. I would I could I could see a one one. I don't think Gromp loses two games to Raptors. I just don't I don't see it. I'd love to see it, but I don't see it. Um but on the other hand, Sentinels versus Brambleback. Where where I guess where would you power rank if you had to power rank Gramp Gromp and Brambleback? Who's where? Who's got who's, the upper who's hand? One and who's two? Yeah, who's one, who's two? Honestly, right now I would put Brambleback over Gromp. I think their performances have looked more dominant. Gromp is like as kind of that inevitable late game that we saw in Infernal last season, but uh, the meta is a little different right now, and a lot of these teams are getting a little scrappier in the early to mid game and making it a little harder to get to that scaling point where you have kind of a guaranteed win with your with your draft. So 
I think Bramblebacks showed kind of dominance throughout every stage of the game in how they play. They're a little more proactive, and I, I really think that I would I would put Bramblebacks over Gromp. I mean, I think in a best-of-five series, it would be incredibly close, and I think maybe Gromp's kind of a late-game, you know, grindy-oriented style might win out in, like, a best-of series, but as far as power rankings right now, I'd have to go with Bramblebacks. I'd probably agree. And Bramblebacks' one loss was against a team who had a, a pretty decent sub in the mid lane for one for for the series. And in the Krugs, with you had the a shoe subbing in there uh, for Slazer Beam. So I mean, it, it's quite possible had things been normal on Krugs, that could be a six and zero Brambleback you're looking at right now, possibly. But we're not. So. And Brambleback versus Grump that plays out. Is that week seven? Week seven. Is it really? Week, oh, week seven, man. last game of the night. Well, last one. Season? Wait, really? Oh, that's well, that's They're the last baby. on stream, and then the off stream is Infernal Scuttle, which is also pretty hype. That is also hype. But, man, that's going to be uh, – that definitely feels scripted. So that's going to – week seven is going to be a banger for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, – Silver scripts. Yeah. So I – but the thing is, I think that Sentinels actually plays pretty well into Brambleback once again. Um, when I was taking a quick look at some of the matchups, like just the lane by lane, Tucker has traditionally played really well into Pickle Popper um, in the mid lane. Mouse Amazing and uh, Uptown Cord uh, playing into ooh, Latin Buddha and J J Turbo J Herbo Turbo. Um, putting your most like basically your two best players on the map are both facing each other, so that lane could potentially be pretty even. Um, jungle wise, uh, Hot Soup and Quicksilver Sasha. I think that Sasha probably has the upper hand there, but I wouldn't say it's by a huge margin. And it's probably just like a lot of it is champion dependent, I think, depending on who drafts what. And um, top lane, I don't think this game's about top lane at all. Hey Dude versus uh, Nullark. Nullark's going to do Nullark things, and Hey Dude's going to do Hey Dude things. Hey Dude hasn't really won the game. Hey Dude hasn't really lost the game for them. So I don't know. I think that it's actually a lot more even than these percentages show. And had I actually been paying attention, I would have bought up all those Sentinel stock because that is some. I think that's actually good value. Same. All right, Scuttle Mountain. Let's talk it out. That Scuttle's looking hot right now. How hot? How hot? Cause I, I don't mean, know. That's that's the question. I mean, I love the crabs. Trust me, I'm a big I'm a big crab believer. But I'm just waiting for them to like hit their like. They always do really well in the beginning, I feel, and then, like, start falling off. Or maybe it's the other way around. So, I I just wonder if they can keep the gas on the whole time. I mean, they got endo. They they got fuel. They got fuel for the fire. But, um, I don't know. Mountain's pretty they're missing tough. Some, uh, they're missing some synergy this week too. Caribou subbing in in the support role. It doesn't have his crab photo uploaded to the oh. site. So, Ooh, that could be question mark. Uh -oh. Someone someone next day air a hat. Now, yeah, they I don't know. That that actually could be enough because <laughs> Huey 420 Blazer Nerd is the heart and soul of that team. They keep that team together. Granted, I don't think Zim is actually capable of tilting. I hadn't played a whole ton with him until recently, and I've just been griefing him so hard every time I play with him. <laughs> and he's like, "No, him. this is fine. This is totally good. Good, good, good." He's like, "No, I just I just wanted to kill for myself. This is okay. This is fine. I want uh, them to have gold on them." So like I'm I'm not super worried about their tilt, but in terms of like their spirit animal, they've lost it. They don't they have they don't it. have 420 blazoner at 69. They have Endo though, and he's looked so sick. Last week he absolutely popped off on the Wukong pick. Um, 14 kills, one death. He's looking like an absolute monster in the top lane. But in my opinion, he's going against one of yeah. the other top three top laners in the league, Delta Centuria, who's looked pretty insane himself on picks like the Renekton in the set. Are you uh, classifying Endo in the top oh. three of top laners? Endo might be up there, man. I don't know. Who who else would we put up there? Like Endo, Delta, and like... Nolark? I'd say Nolark. Co Cobalt? Cobalt, yeah. I, I, I would push, I'd push Endo right yeah. on out of there. They, they got Endo right on out of there. Yeah, I'd slide, <laughs> slide him down the line. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to have his work cut out for him this weekend. He's been up against some top Ooh, laners. Blueprint, too. Abuse, but, Charismatic? Yeah, blueprint, blueprint <laughs> Chadmatic. Yeah, Chad actually, Manic. I'm bumping, I'm bumping Endo further down the line. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, just scooting his way, gotta, uh, his way down the bench. There. He's on junior varsity now. We'll see if he He's even makes the freshman varsity. squad by the end of this. Hey, if he if he does well into Delta, I think that's the, that's making the freshman squad there because Delta's looked very <laughs> consistent. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree there. But I think there is big room for Endo to just be taken advantage of um, in the top lane. And again, if you don't have your spirit animal in the bot lane and Endo is being like a manhandled every which way till Tuesday, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just... I, I, Adoma has to do uh, do the Lord's work, maybe on a champion like Elise or Lee Sin or something. I don't know. I think that being really proactive with some uh, really strong early game skirmishing junglers could be the path to victory. <laughs> gotta see some Elise. Gotta see some yeah, Elise. Gotta, gotta see the Elise. What are your thoughts on the matchup, Jamie? Um. Yeah, I don't know. We just kind of I got we kind of got booty blasted by Scuttle, so I'm a little I'm a little sensitive to the the subject right now. Um they they seemed pretty invincible to, to me. So I I'm, I'm I'm liking the vibes coming out of their team. I've been playing a lot with them lately as well just in general, like some late night flex and and they they just it seems like they siphoned off a little of our uh, power of friendship. And it's it's uh, doing wonders right now. Damn, that's that's bleak, man. It's just one game of rectally, dude. No, dude, it's. Again, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess maybe no one else was talking, so I just kept going. I guess potentially the happiest team in the league. Those little, those little crabs just suck the soul right out of you. Yeah. Look how glad they are. They're such happy little guys. But. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good match. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than the five one versus was it three three really show. So um, cool. So let's take a quick look at some of the buy charts before we uh, move on. Um, who put their money where? Keep in mind that probably about half these players never e ever even bought anything. I think that Jamu ended up just buying for them. So uh, I think most people ended up getting theirs in. They did cool. actually after I reminded them a couple times such yeah. as life i think it's only like two people but i tried to channel their their energy as i purchased mm -hmm. for them that's good all right so it looks like you went for the diversification method uh jamu you put two on uh two on ocean you did not go on air you did not feel like you were gonna split the series so good to see that kind of confidence scuttle uh one stock one stock mountain splitting that series right down the middle <laughs> <laughs> And just then, safe, I'm just being a safe investor. I think that's I think that's a pretty safe investment. I think that that could be a good one one, and then um, yeah, and then one stock on Grump. I'm feel I'm really oh wait fuck Krugs is even playing this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. This. <laughs> no, oh, no, I just I was in the middle of a meeting when I logged it out. I was like I already know what I'm doing. I was like how do I maximize my stock value? You get some Raptors, you get some Krugs. You all in on that, and you ride that to victory. That's what I'm saying. I would have had full Krugs if, uh, if they were playing. Um, I don't know. I think that I'd, I'd rate Raptors just a little bit above Krugs, you know, because they just won. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty hot, pretty hot and heavy on both those teams. So hot that I'll take a – I think Krugs wins the bye week by for sure. Hey, you won't lose any money. No, and I'm okay with that. I think there's going to be some uh, big losers this time. Um, a lot of people seem to, for some reason, keep buying ocean stocks, which is strange because uh, the ocean air matchup is, based off the numbers, very close. So there's not much, there's not much to gain there unless the people feel that we're really just going to win this one, 2-0. Because a one-one nets you almost nothing. You Do don't you lose anything either, but. So I know that like one of the things with investing is you're not supposed to really invest with your heart. Um, do you feel like that's the case here? I feel like Ocean being usually, usually, Ocean is usually the people's champ, and seeing this 26 buys for Ocean. This is exactly what it was last week, too. <laughs> I mean, last week, I get I get it, because we were like, maybe people were like, oh, they're supposed to be good, or better than this. And now, now they're like, they couldn't be any worse, they could they? They can't get worse. <laughs> Now's the time they turn it around. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good read on the market right now. Yep. Sable going for the, uh, ooh, taking the mountain over, uh, mountain over scuttle. Yeah. I actually, uh, didn't buy those. I was the one of the ones who didn't get my, uh, who oh, didn't cool. get my stocks. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Well, but we're not going to spend too much time breaking down what Jay thought that people wanted. So, uh, with that, I think we will probably move on to, uh, our next, uh, next segment. Um, I don't really have a, 
good name for it. So we can just call it, oh no, my team is broken. (laughs) (laughs) So basically the idea here is we're at that point in the season, as we're already seeing, teams are making adjustments. Teams are trying to figure shit out. I don't know when you're on a when you're on a competitive team trying to win something. There can be big issues that come up and it can be really hard to try and solve them. Um, So I guess like speaking from like past experiences, not trying to dwell so much on what's going on now. Like what are some of the experiences you guys have had from some of your past teams? Sable, I know you've played a lot with Shu and she was very actually all of us have played with Shu. All three of us have played with Shu and she was very vocal about working on things he's very articulate about that but um not to toot too much of shoes horn we're going to try and stymie some of that um but i guess i mean you could anti-tilt that anti-toot that horn too if you want to get into it right away go for it um with someone who's so dominant in skill and comms as as shoe it, it does have a negative effect on the other people on the team who maybe get suppressed in their in their in their comms and their decision making, like you kind of look to that that highly skilled player to kind of do everything for you, or maybe you're too scared to make a mistake. Um, oh, anything yeah. like that. I mean, like, I mean, that's my anti toot there. I can, I would, I would 100% agree with that. So, season two, when I played with Shu um, on Ocean, I came in hot and heavy. I was always so vocal and I was like yelling about stuff and just like then like had like a couple bad games or like shoot like got my play critiqued a little bit too much and i was like oh fuck. i lost all my confidence it wasn't really feeling like talking that much i'm like oh fuck and every time i came near shoes lane i would just fuck up every skill shot i had <laughs> i like big choked <laughs> like big choked i got like kicked off any of the fun champions i ever wanted to play i got put on zach and sejuani duty um up until the uh game four of the finals I mean, like that kind of that that goes along with playing. It goes or comes with playing with good players, right? Like you, you, you don't want to embarrass yourself. You don't. You want you want to make yourself seem you know capable and and able to to do the things you need to do. And it's you you don't want to mess up, so you stop playing like you would normally play, and you're like hold back, and it it end, ends up hindering your gameplay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta you gotta really honestly like. In a league like this, you have to stay true to yourself and your own play style. We see a lot of people that try to like pivot towards, you know, what is best in the meta, um, like currently in League of Legends solo queue or competitive play. And we've seen the wrecked meta remain kind of uh, stable over time because, you know, for the most part, people like pick what they want to play and what they think is good themselves. And I think if you have five teammates that are all in a good headspace and having a good time and playing in their lane, their comfort, so to speak, um, that goes a lot farther than people that are you know, trying to like min max on like, you know, the champions they pick or, you know, the exact correct thing to do in, in the game. And that's, that just adds a lot of stress and anxiety to the game for people. And that makes you, you know, mess up. Like you guys are talking about, it makes it easier to make mistakes and missteps when you're constantly thinking about like, you know, could I have done this like 2% better, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think it's important that people like remember that they're there to play a game with their team and have fun. Um, obviously trying to win too, but if you keep it too focused on, the winning aspect to the point where you're getting, you know, nervous about just messing up like small things, then you're not going to play as good. This is, this is, yeah, big, I, big resonate there. Um, I can totally agree with that. And like, that's why I think that like, I love as like Endo saying in chat, I love the scuttle crab style. Like that team just, I mean, I'm sure there are other teams like it, but I played more with the scuttle boys than um, a lot of other teams or even like ocean, for example, it's just a lot more just like i don't know friendly dicking around everyone's kind of memeing if you fuck up something super bad like you might get made fun of a little bit but it's not anything like vicious and like you can kind of like recover from it um everyone's kind of all willing to always go all in on stuff even if you mess something up once i think that's also a big part of it is like losing faith in your teammates and like if your teammate like griefs your lane like three times in a row are you going to even like follow up to help them that like fourth time they look like they're maybe looking to do something dumb, even if it might be the right play. And like having that kind of like, I don't, I guess like blind faith, right? The blind faith in your teammates that like you guys can make it happen, even if uh, they're definitely not having the best game. Um, Definitely is a part of it. And also just like tilting in general. That was some of the things that like season two, 
our team had a, a reasonable problem with. Um, we would end up, if we ever like fell behind in certain lanes, whether it be either Shu, Ratty Z, myself, um, bot lane was always usually pretty good uh, with Phoenix and Cobalt down there. But uh, we, everyone would just kind of clam up and then comms would just go totally yeah. silent. And like that was that was the killer. And that was the thing that we tried really hard to work on was just like, even when you're tilted, Clamp. just talk, just say something. Just You just got to say something, give some form of information because the second you stop talking, like that's how you're just going to lose a game. And it becomes just another game of solo queue versus actually playing together. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I mean, I'm not saying like all the things I said and like the stuff that you're saying to say that like playing with a player like you is like going to be like that super try hard, like don't fuck up. Like you're on like the knife's edge constantly environment. Because I think that, I mean, in my experience, if you're playing with a player like that, you can have both. You can have that like competitive drive to win while also like reining each other in and respecting the fact that it's a friendly competition. Um, and I think like a, a good mix of that is what makes uh, a champion in the rec league and what makes like the team that does make that final run for the mug is a team that can kind of have the dynamic of, you know, we're going to be competitors, we're going to try really hard and we're going to, you know, recognize mistakes, but we're also going to have a good time doing it. And I think that our team last season, at least for me, found a really good mix of that. And, you know, that led to a lot of our success. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like, while I, while there were parts of season two that like really stressed me out or tilted me, it was also some of the most like hype, fun League of Legends that like I'd played. Like everyone just used to get so fired up when like anything would happen. Like I had rec I still have like comms recorded from back then. And holy shit, like people are just like, blowing out their mics just like screaming fucking popping off um it was just like a big emotional roller coaster and that's what i really enjoyed about all of it is that you kind of just got the the highs and lows of the human experience all in one game but um yeah i think that there's definitely something to be said about just like kind of keeping that uh keeping that environment just chill as chill as possible and then like also not being afraid to have those talks and be like all right, dude, if you're if you're mess if you're having trouble with something, how do we solve this as a team? Because I think there are some things that like become not just a no, I don't think any issue is really just a personal player issue. It's usually a team issue or can be solved as a team issue. Um, if players aren't really doing enough damage, like it's not necessarily like, oh, well, this player just has to play better forehead, five head. I don't know. Um, just get good, five head. Yeah, right, just get good. <laughs> like that's never really what I've seen is like the answer and like i think a lot of teams that kind of wait around for just like players to play better five head end up just losing either like before playoffs or first round of playoffs it's usually the teams that are willing to like work together and make like those like adjustments to champions champion pools to like find the champions that like work best for them rather than just kind of like fitting the meta do the best but yeah so we've got about 10 minutes left so, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, there is a link in the Discord to our anonymous uh, question box. So we're going to go through some of these. Um, the prompt was to kind of just like continue on the topic of this, just like teams. How do you how do you fix some of the problems that you have? Um, a lot of you did a bad job of following the prompt. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work we'll, on that. Yeah, that's one of the things we got to work on. We'll host um, a creative writing workshop later this week. <laughs> there is some. <laughs> All right. So here's uh here's one of the questions. Shu is the subject. Take away his teammates. <laughs> All right. I don't think that would work. I don't think that works. I don't know if you're still might lose to him. Yeah. Uh, I think if he doesn't have to, if he's not a uh, burdened with having to help macro his team, he can just, uh, he doesn't even have yeah. to waste time speaking. He just gets to act. No bans against him in a 1v5? 20 minutes of, to uh, farm on Vlad? Yeah. Probably All right. do it. Let's, take the, sure let's take the one the one good one. <laughs> no oh, flame to everyone else that submitted. The one that actually uh, kind of followed the, uh, the prompt. Um, subject is, my team tends to ignore my lane and not call when they need my help. Say I'm playing Shen and I'm six. My team sometimes fights without considering lane. my lane position and other times they fight and not call that they are going in. My solution has been just saying I vault every 30 seconds. <laughs> Thoughts? That's that's just what, I don't know. I feel like that's what top lane is. You can't, I mean, if you, if you 
it's easy to tab and see if top lane, I'm assuming top lane, has teleport. Um, you can see if your Shen has ult, stuff like that. It, to me, it feels like it's kind of on top laner to always have an eye on the minimap and be looking around to bot lane and mid lane and any jungle invades to see if they should be ulting or teleporting in. Um, you shouldn't have to necessarily be told to do so. Um, maybe if you don't, if you don't have the things and your team is like just totally ignoring that fact and fighting anyways, that's that's a totally different story, but that's it comes down to communication, I think. Yeah, I mean, like with the whole idea of like, I think the thing that really stands out to me in the, uh, the question is like the team fights without considering my lane positions. Like that can be super frustrating as a Shen. And I totally get that where it's just like you're shoved under tower. Like if you try and channel like a stand United, you're just going to get dove CC'd by like a Renekton or something. And then like, but no, nobody's winning that one. That's just a terrible idea. So like, that's, I take that as more like on the top laner to just like, as you're saying before, you need to communicate like the state of your lane, plan out these, like plan out the idea of a fight. Cause like, I feel like there's not that many fights that are actually truly random. A lot of fights are around like objectives and like pushing towers and stuff like that. If you want to not fight, you can do it most of the time. So, like, if you're saying, like, all right, Dragon's going to be up. I need to have my lane in, like, X position in order to ult. Or, like, you try and shove that and plan it ahead. I think a lot of that probably falls down to just, like, instead of saying, like, I have ult, is, like, I need to shove. I am going to shove my lane so then I can be in position to ult or something like that. Yeah, that way your team knows, like, the steps you're going to be taking to get to the point that you're getting to. So that way they have, like, a little timeline of, like, we have X amount of time he needs to do x things before he's ready to actually join a fight if we do have one and playing around objectives makes that a little easier because there's a global timer everybody can see um you can kind of try to set up on the map with vision etc and then like have a little more of a coordinated play but in the rec league to you know the question asker's point a lot of times we see like full 5v5 team fights over like pink wards or scuttle crabs you know so like you know that that kind of logic can can work in theory if your team is all on the same page um, if not, then, it, you know, I can see obviously why they're asking this question. It can be a little frustrating when it just seems like there's constant chaos, but that's not really an issue that you personally, you know, can fix. It's really in your team to work as work together and communicate everything they're doing. That way they're not just taking silly fights over, over things they shouldn't be fighting over. That'd probably be a, something that would maybe alleviate that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. All right. So next question this one I have some I have some big thoughts on, and we kind of talked about it already. <laughs> what does it take to be considered best player in the league? Question mark. I feel I've established myself, but fear that despite my numbers, I may have to fight for a roster spot next season. What do I do? <laughs> Step one. Oh, yeah, go for it. Go for it, Jamie. Make hype videos. Ooh, there you go. Step yeah. step two. <laughs> Step two, <laughs> and this is, I think you've already like lost the battle of being the best player. If you're already thinking you're the best player and then you're worried for yourself getting a position, the player that makes himself totally invaluable, invaluable to his team by not just being the best player, but also being someone that people want to play with and also being the player that's helping bring the team up. Having a player that not only just plays good, but just like knows how to boost morale and how to actually help other people improve. It's not just enough to be good at the game. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes it is, but like, if you want to have that like reputation of like being the best player and like respected player in Rec League, like there's a lot more that goes into it than just like worrying about your numbers and fighting for a spot next season. Like that's, that's not it. A good, like a Rec champ, a true Rec champ doesn't have to fight for a spot. The people come to him because they respect him. There's a lot of respect involved. Um, I don't know. That's my hot take. Not that hot. Yeah. That's pretty cold take. It, it takes charisma, though, like what you're talking about. You have to be, like, if you want to be one of those players that's, if you want to be one of those players that's, like, sought after in the league and everybody wants to play with you and wants to be in your team, you know, like you said, it's not just about the numbers. You have to be the kind of guy that can be the kind of the glue for your team. And, you know, if you have some weaker players in a, in a league like this where there's a lot of ELO discrepancy, if you're a higher ELO player, you're going to be someone that those lower players can come to and like learn a lot from. And then over the course of the season, even a few weeks, improve their game to a point where your team is performing at a level above their skill. Couldn't say it any better. End of the just Mimi in the chat. 
I, yeah, I got auto modded. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm approving all of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've, you've lost. You've lost the battle of uh, becoming the best player, thinking you're the best player in the league. If uh, if that's your question, in my mind, you can uh, I mean, you, can, you can still get better. It's it's yeah. fair if you think you're like doing really well, but it's it's all about it's all about vibes. I think we kind of echoed that, but you, you're spending like hours and hours with your team, practicing and playing the games, and if you got to just bring bring an attitude that fosters a good environment for a team that's it yeah that, that, that that's a huge step yep if uh and also like in my mind a lot of it also comes down to playoffs um teams that perform well in regular season don't always perform well during playoffs so like going the distance and actually popping off in playoffs is the is the best it was one of the other good ways of uh showing your your true true talent but um let's go on to another question we got Help our team. 420 Blazing Nerd keeps trying to sell us L- MLM products instead of getting Pryo on Dragon. How should we approach this? <laughs> buy them. Yeah, buy the products. Tell them the sh- we tell them we bought the products and we're good. Yeah. You do that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know if we have any other... Lo- oh, God. We have so many questions now. <laughs> Ooh, what, what qualities are teams looking for in off-season free agency? Um, vibes. Vibes. Active in the community. Yeah, um, definitely just like being like an overall like nice guy goes a long way too. Or girl. In the rec league. Being personable. Folks. Folks. Nice folk. Nice folk. Being nice folk is a, is a big part of it. And also just like willing to learn and being flexible. <laughs> low point value. Casuto says low point value. Yeah. That's be. fair. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like this season there was a lot of people not looking for low point values, but actually looking to round out the top of their, uh, the top end of their teams. Yeah, because like we, did, we did lose a lot of uh, plat players um, this season. But we got some new ones, some new great ones that we love. Um, I think that's definitely a big part of it is just being active, being around, being nice. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I definitely understand why it's a difficult situation. Like we just, from our end, we don't have the ability to support too many teams without really making the league just like a hot mess. And we don't really want to do that. But at the same time, it's, I mean, with 10 teams, you still only have like, I mean, like probably like 50-ish spots, give or take like subs that actually rotate in and out. This season, we're having a good amount of like sub action coming in, which is nice, but um yeah it's tough i feel and like maybe we can get there one day to like figure it out but yeah being active is uh is the big one um oh my god okay help our team again i'm not gonna fall for that one but that's endo again (laughs) (laughs) how do you deal with pogs for fun personality you don't this man is for fun (laughs) on everyone except zoe so be prepared he cracks good jokes though Dude, Pogs actually is great to play with. I have a, uh, and and charismatic. Honestly, like, I love that Raptor squad's a, is a good time. Rune, I haven't played with you, so, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the for fun personality. As long as the for fun personality can kind of like, buckle down. But I feel like that's a meme question. Uh, jungler, top junglers. That's no. I've done. How many times have we power ranked on here? They mean champions or players. Uh, junglers, uh, probably Valorant tourney number two. When? Oh, baby, don't even get me started. You know how I feel about Valorant. Oh Val- man, Valorant is a is a good time. It is wholesome and fun. Um, Valorant tournament. I don't know, man. Help our team. I <laughs> I keep trying to freeze top lane, but my mid laner, let's call him Ryan the Sulkin, comes top and breaks the freeze with <laughs> with a failed tank. What should I do? Well, this Ryan the Sulkin guy sounds like he actually needs your support more than you uh, than you need any change. I would actually change your attitude towards this Ryan the Sulkin, <laughs> and um, maybe just maybe you should gank his lane from time to time. He's trying so hard to get you ahead. Maybe it's time to return the fucking favor. Yeah, maybe get out of top lane island. I don't know. Yeah, just like get your head out of your ass. Um, Take teleport for once. Yeah, word. 
It's a quick legit question. Read it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, folks, we're at eight o'clock. We're about to get into some sub league action. Um, if you haven't already, sign up. I think we are going to go to a quick break while we pop open a lobby, get some teams together, do all that. But um, thanks all for watching. Sable, Jamu, this has been awesome. I really enjoyed this episode. I think there's a ton of kind of like good, good conversation to be had. You guys are lovely, lovely folk. No, you. No, you. No, you. <laughs> all right. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a moment with uh, some sub league action. So stick around. See you.